response. Yeah, and I, I regret sending it. Yeah, that's why. I'll regret it. <laughs> that's why there was like a little. Uh, I, t- uh, I took a little bit of a beat where I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's such a big response. I'm like, she mad at me? <laughs> Because <laughs> like that's like a passive aggressive. Up, they're next to each other. Because <laughs> uh, like a smiley face is like a passive aggressive thing that I would do. Oh, it is. Sometimes it depends. It really like I don't know. I think it's a weird thing to send when the question requires a yes or no answer. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. That's why I was like, yeah. this is weird. Um, I don't think I would do that for like a yes or no question, but like, I don't know. If I was like, if I was like in an internet fight with somebody and then like, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to start agreeing with them to make them stop and make them sound stupid. Mm-hmm. I would, like, just put smiley faces at the end. Oh, yeah. I've put, like, I think I put more smiley faces in emails interacting with, like, uh, internship people than I ever did with friends. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by, like, interacting with internship people? Like, Like if they're, like, um, people I worked with or am trying to impress... (laughs) Like if they're if they're like, hey, so we're gonna do this thing. I'm like, that sounds super. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Either like five exclamation points or like a couple smiley faces? I because I, I want to be liked. <laughs> yeah, I I always do the exclamation points. I never do the emojis just because I feel like for me it'd be stri- I don't know. With people at work though, I'm always like, I'm always just like, ah, just send exclamations. <laughs> Depends on the emoji, I guess. Yeah. Um, But yeah, cool. Uh, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Um, Um, I I think you said you hadn't seen it before, right? I hadn't. And if I was more responsible, I would have watched this again closer to now. Because I watched it around when we were originally scheduled. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm a busy person. Right. No, it's fine. Um, um, how could you forget such a classic? I'm sure it's in your brain forever. Oh yeah, ingrained. Yeah. Um, but yes, I haven't. I hadn't seen this. Okay. Um, and you said you'd seen it once, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. I've seen it at least once. Okay. Um, and it's bad. Yeah. This is a bad movie. It's. Yeah, it was worse than I thought it was going to be. And it's... A lot of people argue that it's bad in a fun way, and I can kind of see it. I agree with that. I don't... That it's bad in a fun way? Yes. I think it at parts it's bad in a fun way, but there are some parts where I'm like, I'm bored. <laughs> like, this yeah. Is, I'm not enjoying this. This is just hard to watch. It It wasn't... This is really stupid, but I'm going to say it. Uh, okay. It's, I would argue that it's so bad it's good, but I would not argue that it's so bad it's great. <laughs> so what would, just so I understand the, um, the range, what's an example of something that's so bad it's good and an example of something that's so bad it's great? <sighs> So bad it's great would be like the room. I think that would be okay. like the gold standard. Um, so True. bad it's great. So bad it's good. I I'd say is this like okay. I like it's it's enjoyable in a in a stupid campy way, but it's not like laugh out loud. Yeah, uh, I was let's gonna watch it over and over. <sighs> I don't necessarily think of this as a so bad it's good movie, but um, the 2013 Great Gatsby is one that comes to mind. That's like oh really? Not in the sense that it's bad, but in the sense that like I wonder uh, how my opinion varies on this. I couldn't imagine watching that movie in a I couldn't imagine watching that The Great Gatsby alone and enjoying it. 
I could imagine watching it with a group of friends and having fun with it or like it being on at a party and it being fun. Um, I never thought of the great Gatsby that way. (laughs) Uh, just just the 2013 version though but like no, I, I, I know um and where like something like the room i could watch on my own and still have fun with it mm-hmm. i've never seen maximum overdrive with friends i've only ever seen it by yeah. myself um and i my friends i have a group of friends who love watching bad movies like we seek them out And it's a great time. I wouldn't uh, suggest Maximum Overdrive for a fun, bad movie night for my friends. I don't, I don't think they would enjoy it that much. (laughs) Like, I don't think it's fun enough. That's, that's kind of fair. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I could see it. I don't know if I was like, if I was having like a night where like, me and my friends are getting shit face drunk. Sure. And like maybe maximum overdrive is like the pregame to getting shit face drunk. Okay, I see I, that. I think that would be fun. That's I like a scenario that is specific though. Like I wouldn't yeah. do it like uh like it's it's 10 p.m. Let's watch a movie because yeah. we got nothing else to do. It wouldn't be this. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. It's not something that I would put on and just be like, yeah, you know, we're, we want something stupid to watch. I would be like, okay, we'll make some jokes, but we'll also like get drunk and like fuck around and you know, whatever. It, it's a, yeah. it, it's a fun movie. I'd say in like scenarios that like, it doesn't really matter what movie you're watching. Right. It's, yeah. it's background noise. Yeah. Like I, I, to be fair, there are a couple of like memorable moments, uh, and by memorable moments, I mean like bad dialogue. That's kind of funny. I I can't really remember a lot of bad dialogue. I can't remember a lot of dialogue from this <laughs> at all. Um, this movie plot like, barely matters in this movie. Nothing matters in this movie. Yeah. The, the premise of this movie is stupid. I think like I, there's no world where, I mean, I know this was kind of intended to be like a dark comedy, but like, I can't see a world where this was ever meant to be scary or like, yeah. like I never felt like the stakes were high in this movie. It's no, just a dumb idea. Not. Yeah. The machines come to life and start, and start attacking people. So, Maybe this was at a point that I had just stopped paying attention and maybe I hallucinated it or something. Okay. Was was the idea that the machines were coming to life because aliens were coming to Earth to mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I wanted to make sure that I didn't like imagine that. Yeah, no, that that happened and it's it's a bad explanation, but I also to be fair, I can't there's no good explanation. No. This is a silly idea for a movie. It'd be better off if they were just like the the machines came to life. Like I don't know, fuck you. <laughs> like that's I think I mean the birds is an infinitely better. The birds is a good movie. Yeah, but like the plot is like this innocent thing that we see every day just starts to turn on you. Yeah, that's cool. Because uh, when Hitchcock there's no explanation, it. we don't know. There is no explanation yeah. in Hitchcock's The Birds. It just happens, and it's fucked up. I've never this, seen it's The like, Birds. So. There's a comet, and there's aliens. And like, <laughs> we're trying to communicate. It's like, no. Yeah. It's... And I wouldn't have such a problem with that if it were, like, if the violence were, like, fun and campy. But some of the violence is just driving (laughs) um that's true creative i i liked a lot of the violence in it Mm -hmm. um like when the fucking soda machine comes to life that's the great is a ridiculous scene oh but it's so good it's so good and then the kid gets run over by the the steamroller it's it's amazing, but yeah. yeah, there's not a whole lot that's super memorable. There's like the the 
uh, army truck, I guess, that I don't even know if those exist in real life. That I don't just know. comes up and starts shooting, and it's like, yeah. I also, like, just to hammer the point home, the, like, first big menacing truck we see has, like, a creepy green goblin face on the front. Oh, that was awesome, though. I love that. Yeah, but, like, I think it would be so funny if it was just, like, a UPS truck, like, where it didn't... Because, <laughs> like, it's a toy truck, but, like, what, what fucking toy company would think that, that face on the front of the truck is a good idea. And the rest of it is painted black. Like, that's crazy. That's a terrible design. To some extent, that reminds me of, did you ever see the movie Small Soldiers? Yeah. Similarly <laughs> bad and campy. Yeah. Um, but that was, that one was a part of my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, that truck kind of, it seems like it belonged at Small Soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like kids things coming to life, but it's like creepy on purpose. It's like yeah. what what can, even like I think a movie like Chucky. Yeah, um, it seems meant to be a horror movie. Like the the conceit of Chucky is that a kid wants to have this toy. Why would it, it's creepy to begin with? It's yeah. not like it's not like the toy was cute and then it became obsessed possessed. Like no, it's. Like, I don't know who designed this, but it's not good. <laughs> I don't um, like this. It was the 80s. And I don't want it in my house. So, those were real toys you could buy. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're fun. Um, yeah. The, everything about this was bad. Um, and everyone involved in the movie, especially Stephen King, knows. Yeah. They know it was bad. Yeah, and Stephen, Stephen King has like a good sense of humor about. It. Yeah, he's gone on the record and said, uh, "Yeah, this is why I'll never direct again." But I think he uh, actually I shouldn't say that. I think he said he's open to directing again because he was fucked up on coke when he was making this, and uh, it shows. It do- <laughs> What's so funny about this is <laughs> like whenever. Whenever people say, like, that thing where whenever a movie is, like, a little weird or a little offbeat or trippy or doesn't make that much sense, people are like, whoever directed this was on drugs. It's like, no, you don't mean that because if they were on drugs, it wouldn't be this high production and this, like, well shot. This movie was directed by someone on drugs because the production value is so low. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's, it's not. It's not like directed by someone on drugs because it's so wacky. It's, be, because, it's because it's bad. It's it's fucked. And like, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have a lot of experiences with um, hard drugs. Um, to be fair, it was the eighties. Yeah, I imagine that shit was um, easier to come by, and like maybe I don't know. Maybe Stephen King truly thought he would like be more productive with it. Some people do think they're more productive with it. I, mean, I often think they're wrong. Yeah, St- Stephen King was just a he was he was a he was an addict. Um, yeah. he, he's been pretty open about that. Um, oh yeah. This was I think around the time he wrote Cujo, which he uh, doesn't remember writing. Um, That's insane. Yeah, and what, what were you saying? Oh, and it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, ah, uh, it it like. Cujo, I think, is regarded as, like, a classic Stephen King book. Um, Yeah. And this is not. And it's just... It also is kind of, like, a testament to, like, if you're good at one thing, kind of stay in your lane. Well, Stephen King has mostly stayed in his lane. I, I have, like... I have mixed feelings. I love Stephen King, like, as a concept. Like, I think he's interesting, and I like watching the stuff, uh, that watching and reading his things, whatever that may be. Because even when I hate him, I can still, like, find something. Right. To hang, like, I... Um, like, Pet Cemetery. I haven't seen the remake. I'm talking about the old one. I haven't seen either, so... Pet Cemetery is really goofy but really interesting and i'm so mixed about it but like if i don't know just knowing stephen king like who he is as an artist 
I think he's interesting to follow. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I've kind of done a, a little bit of a 360 on Stephen King in like, from when I first read a Stephen King book to now where mm-hmm. I read The Shining, and I I love The Shining. It's so good. Uh, I also understand why he says that Kubrick Kubrick ruined it, because he kind of did. But I would say that The the Kubrick movie, The Shining, is a good movie. Oh, yes, it is. It's not a good adaptation. It's not a good adaptation. Yeah. Um, I you know, I I ruined the the movie for myself by reading the book first. I think I would. Oh, yeah. I think I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more if I saw it and then read the book. Um, yeah. But but also like then when I got to college and I studied English, I was like, oh, yeah, Stephen King's just like a pop fiction writer. Like, mm-hmm. why does anyone care? But like now I'm kind of like he's had a 40 maybe coming on 50 year long career and like, yeah, he, he's had a really long career. And I think he, he's one of those authors that like knows his weaknesses and knows the tropes he uses, but he like, he gets it. Like, I think he, I, I get the sense that even when what he's writing isn't very good in my opinion, at least it's something that he like got a lot out of writing. Like, I never feel like he writes out of um, like, fuck, I just have to churn out another book. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like he enjoys what he's doing. Maybe that's just me reading into it. I'd, I'd hope so, especially now because he's, you know, he's not necessarily the, the classic making, excuse me, the classic making machine that he was like in the seventies and eighties. But <laughs> yeah. like, you know, he's still, he's still writing books pretty frequently and like i i really do want to read his short stories just because this was based on a short story i'm curious (laughs) what that's like yeah Um, but also like uh the green mile um shawshank redemption and what's the other one stand by me are all just short stories that he wrote and like those are maybe not so much the green mile, but Shawshank and stand by me are classics. And, and even like, I love Carrie out of pure, like just nostalgic, like camp. I love, I love seventies horror so much. Um, but like, I, I could, I don't know if I'm like misquoting the situation, but I think, the way the book Carrie came to be was Stephen King's wife or girlfriend. I don't know. Said, you don't know how to write stories about women. And he was like, well, uh, I will. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and he was like, fine, I'll write a story about women. And he wrote Carrie. (laughs) So funny. And so like, it's, it speaks so much to like, that mindset of this male writer who writes horror and doesn't know how to write about women. Yeah. I don't think he intended to make it misogynistic or feminist. It's kind of both. That's, that's one of my, so I'm not that I'm writing short stories or anything on the reg, but my big fear a lot of the time when I'm writing, you know, female characters, I'm like, is this sexist? Is this like, is this totally my male view of women? And if I'm trying to be feministic, does it come across that I'm trying too hard? It's, it's such a, it, I hate this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like I understand like the wanting to like do justice to the people you're writing about but I also think there's this, it, it became like a, even though the intentions were good was like, we need better written female characters. I agree with that, yeah. but it got, it gets to a point where it's like, there are higher standards for female characters than male characters. Yeah. And that's another problem yeah. is like, she has to be uh well-rounded 
and perfect and like and flawed, but like it has, in she has to be like way. a perfect, well-rounded character. Where whereas with men, you could just do whatever you want; right. it doesn't matter because you're not thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I think uh, I like to think that Stephen King's a better writer. But the only the only characters that I could really, besides Carrie, remember from Stephen King movies or books all the male characters and it is true i don't think stephen knows stephen yeah. king knows how to write women he especially like and it the, um the girl character in it is such a stephen king girl character really she's I, like have you avoided it i've avoided it also she's like the one girl in the group of boys and she's like one of the guys, but she, her, they all have their own personal problems, but her specific personal problem is that like she's being molested and it, oh, it's like, it's <laughs> and all the boys have a crush on her, but she's shy. It's like, it's such a, it's, it's such a like textbook, bad, uh, token female character. But like speaking as myself, I enjoy that character right. in, the, in the remake, at least. I think the original is bad. But um, um, haven't seen either of them because uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. When it comes down to like, it's interesting. I I remember from doing like poetry slam in college. Uh, one of the things that they tell you is make sure you tell your own story, which I do think is a good, I think it's a good stance to have when you're writing generally, um, because you don't want to have a, a white person on stage saying like, telling, telling like a, a poem about being black or something. Sure. Or, yeah. You know, being a woman or, or having a male poet on stage telling a poem about being a woman or, you know, et cetera. And I think that Stephen King just kind of knows he's like, yeah, I know I can't write women. <laughs> I I mean, he's been writing. So I think he could try a little harder. I think yeah. he's interacted with enough women and, and yeah. I'm sure, I think, you know, I don't want to defend his like bad choices, but it was, you know, the eighties, seventies, no one knew how to write women at it, the time. It seems like I, I'm uh, hoping he has since learned. I, maybe. maybe I, I don't, his new books generally aren't, as well regarded as his old ones. I haven't read them. I, I haven't either, but I just kind of know that they're not. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, from, from, from Stephen King's Twitter, it seems like, you know, he's a, he's a progressive guy. I think he, he so, means well, for sure. I don't know. I think he's just some of his, in some of his writing, he just comes off as kind of a dumbass. Um, but he also like, he uses all, of the same and maximum overdrive, uh, has those like the, the not all of the, at least it has multiple female characters. Yeah. That's more than you could say for other Stephen King stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, it's a lot of like damsels <laughs> in distress or like, you know, women doing stupid things. Yeah. Oh, and this, uh, this movie does something that I've seen other movies do, like horror movies or apocalypse scenario movies, is this is the worst trope, and I hate it, is when they the group that's like hiding or, or whatever has to send someone out with a gun, and they give the gun to like a 12-year-old boy before they give it to an adult woman. That pisses me off so <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen in like a lot of zombie movies. It's um, it's the whole. Uh, it's, it's like he has to. It's his it's the coming trope of, of like story. yeah. It's the trope of women and children first, and being a twelve year old boy. You're like you're a man now. You're you're bar mitzvahed. <laughs> <laughs> you your bar mitzvah is you get a gun and you have to defend the whole group when there are like three or four very capable adult women. Yeah. Right there. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I would not give a gun to a 12-year-old first. 
And now, uh, and I feel like now a lot of the time you'll see the trope where it's like, you know, if there's like one female character, it's like with like two men, it's like two men arguing, like, I'm going to go out and you stay. No, I'll go out. And then the girl takes the gun. Yeah. Uh, which is like a cool one, but also like. I don't know. It's like she has to if we're going to we're going to have one girl but she's going to be a cool girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, which isn't inherently a bad thing. It's just there's so much it's it's all bad. <laughs> it's I, um I don't know what the what the outlook is of it was on um Twitter or in general. Um but you didn't see Avengers. <laughs> Right, you hate superhero movies. Um, I thought uh, it was three hours long, and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> um, there, there's a scene at the end where they, it's like every female superhero in the MCU just like guards Spider-Man, and mm-hmm. like it's cool, but it's so much like you're like, did the Russo brothers just say like we're just gonna like have this one really good shot? So th- yeah, I heard I heard about that scene. Yeah. Um and I got mixed reactions, right? I I think now like people have kind of come full circle because uh, I mean also to say something about all the Marvel movies, uh they're not amazing. They're, you know, sure. they're just kind of dumb fun movies. Um, so like some people were like, "Oh, that's so stupid. Why did they need all the women?" But also I'm like Everything about this is stupid. <laughs> so whatever. Like, let's let all the women defend Spider-Man. So I think it's kind of both where people were like, that was kind of like a little that was a little like shoehorned in, like, because they've been notoriously bad to female characters. Yeah. Um and but then also some people were just sort of like, eh, it it's it's a superhero movie. I, at least it wasn't like offensive. At yeah. least it was some conscious feminist effort, yeah. even if it was like tacked on and kind of yeah. hacky. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say I didn't see it. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I don't know. I'd also heard someone say, you know, they, they severely reduced Captain Marvel because the Russo brothers, you know, had no interest in her story. I don't know. Yeah. I know nothing. It's Hollywood. I think people are learning slowly. Yeah. <laughs> I think writers are kind of coming around. We're getting a Black like, Widow movie. We, we're getting a Black the Widow Black movie? Black Widow movie. Uh, that might mean nothing to you. because oh. it, I, I'm aware of it. <laughs> I know of, of its existence. It's, it's fun. So, I mean, you know, positive steps, but... Sure. Who knows? Who More knows? More so than... The the thing I remember most from this, and it's kind of like a big, what's the, there, are you familiar with the genre, oh, fuck, I'm gonna get this kind of wrong, I think, but it's like, hysterical fiction. <laughs> I can, no, but I can guess like what that means what does it mean exactly it's you know what i'm gonna google it and make sure that i'm using this right hysterical fiction yeah i've never heard that term i hope that like it's right but like is that what this is maximum overdrive Hysterical realism, and this Wikipedia page is not good. Okay. Uh, Wood uses the term to denote the contemporary conception of the big, ambitious novel that pursues vitality at all costs and consequently knows a thousand things but does not know a single human being. Okay, I kind of. I get that's it. That's kind of what this is to some extent. I do think that I might be using that ro- this wrong. 
I I think I get it. I think I understand why that applies here. <laughs> like, but everything the the scene that kind of stands out the most to me as like a big like what are you doing, Stephen King thing is when I think it's the waitress in the restaurant yeah. goes outside screaming at the cars, "We made you, we made you." Oh, that's so such an iconic line. It, it is, but at the same time, it's like, uh, why? Why isn't Emilio Estevez doing this? Um, there are a lot of. I think there are a lot of lines in this that made no sense, and yeah. I can't tell if they were <coughs> funny or serious. I think yeah. the worst one that people quoted a lot. When the newlywed couple, when we like first meet the newlywed couple and she wants to stop so she could go to the bathroom and he says, can I watch in like a jokey, flirty way? Did I miss that? Do you remember that? That was like kind of at the beginning. But I remember getting introduced to them. It's like a throwaway joke, but it's like no one says that even as a joke. No one talks like that. That's not even like there's no I don't know. It's. No one talks like a human. <laughs> My girlfriend would be pissed at me if, like, I even, like, joked about that. And I wa- And, like, her reaction is kind of like, ew, like, haha, you're so sick. Like, it's, it's such a weird thing to say, even as a joke. And it's not funny. <laughs> it's... There's so much over... I, I, I'm looking at the quotes section mm-hmm. now. The first line is, honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Um, that was which Stephen, Stephen King. King says, yeah. I love that he just puts himself in his movies sometimes. <laughs> like, he's just having I a think, good time. I think he's in, maybe not the remakes, but I think he's in all of them except The Shining. Um, I don't know if he's in all of them, but I like, I think he, he's in a bunch of them. He's not in Carrie. I, I thought he had, like, some bit part that looked... Oh, really? Maybe, maybe I don't remember. I don't know. I could be wrong. He was in Pet Cemetery. He he was, like, directing the funeral and in a really weird scene. He played a priest. <laughs> he's a, he's an interesting guy. He's have, He's just having fun. He's just having a good time. <laughs> I I wonder how much coke he was on in that first scene. In in um, maximum, maximum overdrive. overdrive, so much he was so gone, and like what I had heard from about you know um, from other people who worked with him on maximum overdrive, I by all accounts, him being on coke just made production like longer and harder to get through. I believe it. I because that's just that's because what it you're, is. You, you, when you're on coke, you, not everyone. Some people can function, but like you, you're kind of crazy person. Well, this is such a movie that was made by someone on coke because it you could tell it was made fast. Yeah, and not thought out very much. No, it's, there's. There's no, like, interesting directorial decisions in this movie. It's just, like, you can tell that he was like, let's make this scene. This would be kind of fun, and let's do it fast, and let's cut here. Like, it, like, it seems like a movie, like, an eight-year-old would make. Yeah, it, it is. Like, it's every it, like down a, to the concept where it's like, ah, oh, the trucks are going to come and kill them and then the trucks are gonna say well, you're gonna feed us and then we'll leave you alone it sounds like i feel like in middle school we were all required in english class to like write a short story at some point like where we would read like a rolled doll horror short story and or then, something like and then or we would read like the lottery and they would be like make your own um scary short story. story i feel like there's always that one kid who writes this. this just <laughs> this, the trucks came to life this kind of thing what if like what if you were playing video games and the video games attacked back like that's the wire strangles you yeah that's like that's there's always one kid who writes something like that yeah it's yeah it's it's clearly it was written by 
some written and directed by someone who was in a rush and was having fun, but also was miserable. Yeah. At the same time. Like you can tell. Yeah. Because he, I don't know. He, he's sober now. Maybe, maybe he could remake maximum overdrive. I think that would be really funny. I can't imagine it would be good. I don't know. I don't think there's a world where you can fix something in Maximum Overdrive and it would be a good movie. Mm, You can't, but I don't know. You never know. Every now and then there's like a a fun movie. There's a weird gritty remake sometimes. I don't know if like if this what if like Stephen King got the Goosebumps treatment. Ooh, like where they (sighs) Stephen King's not as much fun as R.L. Stein. But if That's they just true. if they just got like a wacky if they got like Dane Cook to play R- Stephen R. King. R. L. Stein is uh, Stephen King uh, Muppet Baby Stephen King. <laughs> I think. He, they're he, they're the same concept. He kind of it well, but but R. L. Stein started off as like he would write like joke books. Yeah. So like there is sort of like a. A uh, a sense of humor, and I, I mean, I guess you need to have a sense of humor if you want if you write horror. Um, oh yeah, and I think some Stephen King stuff is funny on purpose. Oh yeah, and I think this was supposed to be funny on purpose. Maybe, yeah. I it's supposed parts to of be, it at least supposed to be and didn't necessarily. I think, like, I think, um, I think the newlywed couple was supposed yes. to be like pure comic relief. But they ended up just being kind of annoying. Yeah. They they kind of seem like... Uh, I always think of, like, 80s stand-up comedy, like, ah, oh, this is what me and my wife are like. Yeah. It's, and, they're, they're such cartoons. And that's um, pre-Simpsons Yardley Smith. Yeah. Who, like, that's her real voice. But, you know, it, it, I, this is not her fault, and I don't want to, like dash her performance because she was clearly told to just scream everything she says um but i'm sure she's aware her her actual natural speaking voice is kind of ridiculous it's kind of cartoony so when a director tells you to try to be more annoying and be louder and scream you're gonna be worse it's gonna be much worse Uh. and i feel bad because i think she is really funny like yeah heard her podcast but she um and she and i do like think she has like a cool interesting voice when she's talking like a normal person right um but in this movie it's so grating this is listed as her um number two thing on imdb really after the simpsons it's the simpsons maximum overdrive the simpsons movie (laughs) Oh my god! And City Slickers, which I've never seen. I mean, this it, if The Simpsons is if you're a regular on The Simpsons, then you're fine. It, you don't need anything yeah. else on your IMDb. You're set. You're okay. She she's gonna she's gonna be fine. Yeah, even if the show ended tomorrow, it, yeah. she would be fine. Um, Simpsons might end soon, sooner rather than later, because uh, its ratings aren't doing too well. That I don't know. Uh, I feel like some things just never end. I didn't. I didn't know Arthur was still going until I heard that Mr. Mr. Ratburn came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm so happy for him. But like, I I was the, my first thought when I heard that news was, oh my god, Arthur is still a thing. And I looked it up, and it's been going since 1996 or 1990 something. I mean, they still make uh, what's it called? Uh, Sesame Street. Well, yeah, but Sesame Street is like Sesame Street is like the Tonight Show. Like it's just gonna be around That's forever. True. It's just never gonna go away. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've been really pessimistic lately, and I'm convinced that everything is gonna be canceled in the next ten years. Um, Depends on what falls under everything. Some things need to be canceled. I, I don't think there's going to be a Tonight... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. People like things from The Tonight Show, but also, like, no one watches The Tonight Show. I think we're just going to get, like, Jimmy Fallon making clips for YouTube. Yeah. 
I, um, I, I heard dancing with the stars got like significantly low ratings and is like maybe facing cancellation. And I'm kind of like about time. I mean, (laughs) it's such a guilty pleasure and I love it, but like, it's the, I I'm surprised it's lasted as long as it has. It's, it's the stereotype of, uh, of a TV show. That's like bound to be canceled. That's like for has-beens. Yeah, it's it's literally a show for and about uh, D-list celebrities. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Nikki Glaser was on it for a season, and uh, that's true. She, but she got voted off re- week one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because she wasn't very good. <laughs> Which isn't unbelievable, but yeah. like Nikki Glaser's wonderful. I'll I'll die. But you have to. Head. I mean, to make it on that show. To make it on that show, you if middle America doesn't know who you are, you better be a good dancer. That's true. You, <laughs> you better win their hearts. Not a lot of uh, fans of, what was her show? Not Safe on Comedy Central. Yeah, not not a lot of Not Safe fans. Not a lot of uh, Sirius XM subscribers. Yeah, because most that, of the Dancing with the Stars target audience lives in Kentucky. Exactly. <laughs> and they're over 50 years old. I, uh, Sirius XM is another thing that's also going to stop existing in the next mm. 15 years. Um, Howard Stern uh, has got to make the switch to podcasts. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's, let's get into the music of Maximum Overdrive. Uh, ACDC, <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> it's not ACDC that is my problem. My problem is it's ACDC playing over the lamest shit. <laughs> oh, but it's so, I actually, I, I, the whole time I was like, this is kind of dumb. Uh, but it's also kind of like, it's interesting. It's really strange. It's so weird. And it was a, clearly a decision by someone who's never directed anything. Yeah. Because it's like, it feels like, because he, he obviously just thought, oh, um, cool, crazy things are happening. I'm going to pick, like, the loudest song I can. And, uh, and But, like, that, no, I think it, it just becomes distracting, especially when the thing you're watching is just, like, cars rolling backwards on a bridge. <laughs> it's like, I don't think it's, I think you should play that music against something cooler happening. Yeah, it, this, but... It was also ACTs. It was. I know. It, it's like, so eighties. It's such it's an eighties so, decision. It's so bizarre because it's not even like one of the, the the only reason this movie's on the list is because I knew ACDC did the whole soundtrack. And yeah, I was I, gonna I put. Um, it was between this and Iron Man Two, which does the same thing. Um, does it? It yeah. plays ACDC. It's, the soundtrack is all ACDC songs, but ACDC isn't the score of the movie. Right. Where this is all like, it's weird. Like it's almost like, um, what's baby driver. Yeah. Where like it, it's modern pop music as a score, but it's so weird. Baby Driver executed it a little better. Yeah, I would argue. Um, I I feel like it was a really lazy choice to just put slap ACDC over every every scene that um, where violence was happening. I it just felt really lazy. Like there was, I feel like that maybe you could have done it better or made it on a cooler scene but like i feel like it was a bad idea to make acdc the the band although it it does date this this movie is very 80s and that makes it extra 80s and that might add to the appeal to to some extent you are exactly right but i also think like i tried putting on a scene and like seeing how the ACDC scores it. And it's very distracting. Um, but like, it's, I don't know. 
I, like you said, I guess it just makes it more 80s and it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it, it just feels so, um, what, what is it? I, I guess it, 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 what is it when it's a disappointment? Uh, <laughs> it's that term that it's, it's in my brain. I can't I think know. of it. Um, where it, it just feels very lackluster. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that song those songs should be playing against like multiple explosions happening yeah. at once. If at all, it has to match the scenery. Well, otherwise it's, it's just distracting. It's one of the, so in the sense that it, it really doesn't work. It, it you need to earn moments. Yeah. And like if you're going to have like an explosion and someone's like, jumping a car over something to, I don't know, like the hell's bells. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, if you have ACDC playing the whole rest of the movie, that scene doesn't stand out. Yeah. Where if you have like a more traditional score or varied soundtrack or whatever, then that scene's cool. But since, we've been hearing Angus yeah, Young's like, guitar the whole time. If you're gonna like break out the ACDC, save it for like a scene at the end, like a yeah. really important scene or like the climax of the, you know, I, I, I think it's like too overwhelming to just slap it over every, yeah. every time action happens. Um, that being said, I, I also thought it was really interesting to just like, hear ACDC as like mood music essentially <laughs> like they are mood music <laughs> very specific type of mood i i'm also someone who like some people hate this trope i haven't gotten sick of it i like when when something crazy is happening in a movie or like an insane action scene and it it just plays like classical music over it like i like that contrast a lot I do too, depending on the scene. Yeah, yeah. it certainly do, it certainly can be done poorly, but yeah. like I think when it's executed well, when watching something explode and having like Ave Maria playing in the background is really satisfying to me. Yeah, well, because it's it it kind of, um, you know, you know the last scene in Devil's Rejects. No. Oh, was, have you not, have you seen Devil's Rejects? Mm. Uh, do you care if I spoil it? Are you should, should I I don't know. Should I see it? Maybe don't spoil it. But is it is it like the It has the best idea? use of the song Freebird. Okay. And it the scene is kind of like if you have like Ave Maria over an explosion, but then also you get to the guitar solo in Freebird, and it's different. That's cool. But yeah, so I I recommend Devil's Rejects all around, but also that watching the end credits is really fun. I will watch it. Um, yeah, yeah. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie knows what he does with with music. He's someone that uh, didn't stay in his lane and. He's uh yeah. he's sometimes okay. Yeah. Um But yeah. It's true. I, no, I haven't seen it yet. I've wanted to. It just I haven't gotten around to it. But I I do want to see that one. It's it's fun. It's it, you know cuz it also like it does have some comedy in it and like mm-hmm. I don't know. I was I was at a convention and the guy was there that's in it, the clown guy. Oh. Um and I almost went up to take a picture with him because those were free. But uh, <laughs> also he was like, oh, yeah, it's like pictures are free, but like it's like $20 for me to sign a picture. And I was what? like, yeah, I seems weird. I worked at a convention and like, I guess that's like how Comic-Con works. Really? Yeah. Where like, I, if, I don't know. It's it's really shitty. Um, why why are signatures i guess i guess because 
a picture with you and a celebrity isn't as valuable as a celebrity's signature? Um, I don't know. Well, some people will charge for pictures and stuff, too. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm just wondering why one and not the other. I I think for for him specifically, um, because I I was just working the like a booth at this thing and yeah. someone was like oh yeah it just seems like he he's like getting older and he just kind of wants to go out and just generally like meet people he's not necessarily doing this for the money where like they had like the pink power ranger from like the third iteration of power rangers and like you know nothing against her but also like i don't think she's really getting a whole lot of work so i think that like going to conventions is like her job sure so all right that i get it that that's fine but i don't know so like pays the bills (laughs) yeah so i i don't totally i don't know i don't see the appeal in any of that but also like if you ran into the guy on the street and you were like oh hey can you sign my notebook or whatever is he gonna be like i need 20 bucks uh he shouldn't that would be really weird. But I also, it's, I, we live in an age now where like, if I saw a famous person, it would be weird if instead of a selfie, I asked for their signature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Unless they were signing like a specific thing of theirs, like a program from a show they were in or something. Or like, yeah. Yeah. It makes, I don't know. Everything's weird. I don't know. The world's such a strange place. I've gotten to a point now that, like, I try not to ask for pictures with people sometimes. I always want to, and I always feel awkward. I ended up at an event where Tim Gunn was there. I don't know how, but I everyone was kind of lurking around Tim Gunn right. without trying to look like they were lurking, and I was one of them. So, like, <laughs> me and my friend were kind of, like, some people were schmoozing with him. He was talking to some people he knows. And me and my friend are just kind of like with this other group of people, just kind of pretending we're not following him, just kind of oh, walking that's... backwards. But and we're like, we want to take a picture, but we don't know what to do. And we finally went up and asked for a picture. And Tim Gunn put his hand on my arm and he goes, I'm sorry, I have to go talk to Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Tanya is, but like that, I, I was kind of like, I get it. Like, talk to Tanya. Like, I blame you. Um, I thoroughly embarrassed myself, and you should talk to Tanya. Were were other people taking pictures with him, or some people? But he was also like talking to like colleagues, so some okay. people felt awkward about. It. I think like I saw two people take a picture with him, and then he was like trying to leave the room. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, I I met like I met Jim Florentine, who's one of my comedy heroes, but like he's not a big name, so it's not like special. But like I met him recently because I was working the door at a club, and he was like, like I got to talk to him, and I was so close to asking for a picture because like I I met him when I was like nineteen and took a picture with him. But so Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, and we had like a great genuine connection. I'm like, I feel like it would totally ruin it if I was like, can we take a picture? (laughs) Yeah. I like now, like the people that I'm, uh, I look up to and I'm obsessed with are like not famous enough for my friends on Instagram to give a shit. It's just for my own benefit. So now, now I'm like, I don't want to ask for pictures because I want us to like hang out. I like, want to be best like friends. friends. Um, As though that would happen. I'm like, I just got to interview the lead singer of my favorite band, but it was like a phoner. But I'm seeing a show. I'm seeing him live in like a week. And he's he usually works the merch, so I think I'm gonna ask him for a picture, even though no one's gonna know who he is. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like, "This is going on Instagram. Uh, That's this okay. is my favorite band." <laughs> but I, 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 all the people that I like really want to meet. If I took a picture with them, no one that I know would care that much. Yeah. I, but I would be really happy about it. I've like I feel like I would like need to like put in the caption like here's who this is and here's why I care. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh so give me that validation exactly me on meeting a celebrity exactly (laughs) you don't know who that is but you should still (laughs) like the picture um do you think if maximum overdrive is 2019 and stephen king is writing sort of the same narrative uh it's not trucks killing people it's cell phones right um Yes, but I feel like there's no way that wasn't done a million times in the past few years. Yeah, Black Mirror. I feel like Black Mirror does something like it every episode. Yeah, well, that's their whole thing. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's their whole thing. But, like, I feel like doing... I feel like Black Mirror could do an episode where it's just maximum overdrive. (laughs) Um, And it would be terrible, but... I would watch it. They could do something sort of like, uh, what are the two episodes? Um, they could do like a San Junipero and a, uh, shit. What's the other one with the the USS Callister? Oh, where they could probably figure out a way to make maximum overdrive work. Maybe something like one of those two. I don't think maximum overdrive. I don't think, I think if they remade Maximum Overdrive, they could not take it seriously. It has to be a comedy. I cannot imagine them trying to make it off a genuine like horror thriller movie and make it good. Yeah. Like they have to lean into how stupid it is. It w- it would either end up being that or it would end up being like War of the Worlds where they would explore like the alien stuff a little bit more. I assume. Yeah, I feel like you either have to talk about the aliens or omit the aliens entirely. You can't just tack it onto the beginning and the end (laughs) to explain uh, the plot. Yeah, it's, I don't know, the the whole thing, it's, I'm curious about the story. I'm going to, I'm very curious if the story mentions the aliens. It probably does because Stephen King wrote it. Now that I'm thinking, the short of it. story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that like the story doesn't mention the aliens, but then when he's writing the movie, he's like, "If I don't mention the aliens, people will be confused during this movie, so I have to mention the aliens." I don't think that was his thought process, so I feel like they have to be in the short story. Um. I'm reading the last par- paragraph of Oh, this is bad. The narrator says he will have to show the girl how to handle a fuel pump. Ugh. Ah. And she had better stop being so dainty. <laughs> oh my god. That's another thing is Stephen King character tropes. A lot of the men in it are just the worst. The women are too, but like a lot of the male characters and St- the side characters in Stephen King books are like either super overtly sexist or alcoholics or both. Yeah. Uh, they're all abusive and horrible. Uh, like male side characters in all Stephen King movies just harass women. Yeah. And are generally awful. They're all just bad people. That's also, that's actually, that's true of everyone except the protagonist is a terrible person. Yeah. Is a common thing in Stephen King movies, which makes me question, like, are you okay, Stephen King? Like, what happened in Maine? (laughs) (laughs) What happened in Maine? Is this your life? Um, Sometimes they are. Yeah. Well, I think they all take place in Maine. I think every single one does. Generally, yeah. Does this take place in Maine? I think this is North Carolina. It was shot in North Carolina, but I don't yes, know. Yes, but does Carolina? Huh? I'm going to find out. I, I feel like every single Stephen King, so, everything. So movie. here's the thing about the, about the story, at least. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say where it takes place. Um, it just says it takes place at a truck stop in the United States. The truck stop is located off a freeway. 
That could be literally anywhere, but I'm going to say Maine. Um, here's the other thing, though. Uh, nothing about aliens, at least on the Wikipedia page. It just says the story. And the short story is called Trucks. Trucks. Which, better title. I think so. Um, the story ends as a pair of planes fly overhead and the narrator laments, I wish I could believe there are people in them. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's, it's a little bit more like Twilight Zone. I kind of like that one. Yeah. Like, it seems like the short... I wish there were people in them. Yeah. It seems like the short story is a little bit more Twilight Zone-like rather than this i i think because this premise is so simple and so dumb that the only way you could make it be taken seriously is if it's a short story yeah i don't i haven't read the short story but i i don't think this was meant to be stretched out into a film no no there's no material to do it with i think i think maybe stephen king should have I guess they could do it with Netflix. He could do like a uh, a series of all his uh, what's it called? Like they could do like a series with his short stories. All his shorts. Yeah. Well, he he's done adaptations of his short stories, but um, he has like a mini series where because he's done a lot of mini series, but like where it's like every episode is a different Stephen King short story, kind of like Hitchcock presents. Oh, that's interesting. He's, that might be fun. Um, I also know he's notorious. Uh, maybe not notorious, but like if you want to adapt one of his short stories and you've never made a movie before, he'll give you the rights for like a dollar. What? Yeah. Like Why? I he like I don't know he nurtures ta- he nurtures young talent like that's great I think I like, like it. Shawshank Redemption was uh, they didn't have to pay a whole lot for the rights to it same thing with uh, the Green Mile I think those really? were just like people's first movies and they were just like oh hey I want to adapt your your short story and he'll he'll let people do it wow yeah that's like one of his things so like uh, something cool. That's Stephen King. He also... What was, what was that? Something cool about Stephen out. King. That was... Uh, yeah, no, I yeah. I think he's cool. Even when I hate him, I love him. <laughs> um, he also, uh, in my research of this, the, the only reason ACDC agreed to do the music was because he sang one of their songs to them. That's this is this is such a like student film. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is such a like let's let's get our friends together and like we'll just like do a lot of coke and like we'll just make a fucking movie. Like it'll be great. <laughs> like that's what this feels like, which is why I can't even like I don't hate this movie. I don't enjoy it, yeah. but like it's it's so, so bad it's, it's good. It's so harmless. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb and harmless. So bad it's good, but not so bad it's great. I think it's so bad it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I think because, I don't know, I feel like it could have been, I think if it was a little bit sillier, I would have had more fun. It was. It just felt kind of repetitive to me. Yeah. Um, but it was silly enough that it kept my attention at least. It's, yeah, I'm never going to watch this again. Um, Me, yeah, I mean, I don't have any, like, desire I, to watch this. Unless I'm this. going and getting shit-faced. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts on this? Um, I, no, I mean, not that we haven't already <laughs> mentioned, but... I, I think it's, I kind of, I don't, res- I can't say I respect it, but I appreciate it. Like, okay. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's good, but it's 
it's interesting as a thing to exist. Like I think of a lot of Stephen King fairs, like even when I don't like it, I'm like, okay, like I see what you were trying to do. <laughs> this is a, um, I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I, yeah. I, uh, I like the ACDC songs. <laughs> Fair. And, uh, I think, I think, ACDC should be in more movies, but I also don't think that Angus Young uh, is going to take Hans Zimmer's job anytime soon. No, that, no, that, I wouldn't allow it. <sighs> All right, I'm going to hit and...